Chapter Six of Captain Salt in Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Captain Salt in Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson. Chapter Six A Little Wild Man. Not yet, not yet protested Samuel Salt, as Ado made a clumsy attempt to mount the hippopotamus. "'Why, we've only just come, mate. We can't go without seeing those leopard-men and this strange boy who speaks our language.' "'Oh, can't we?' Drawing in his breath, Ato made a flying leap at Nikobo, and this time, managing an ear-hold, pulled himself determinedly up on her moist, slippery back. "'Good-bye, Samuel.' said the king with a firm wave of his hand. If you bring any leopard-men back to the crescent moon, you can discover yourself another cook. No leopard-men. Mine now." "'Oh, you needn't worry about that.' The hippopotamus closed one eye and smiled knowingly to herself. Thoroughly annoyed by the desertion of Ato and the superior grin of the river-horse, Samuel snatched a long rapier from his belt and glowered belligerently around him. "'Shiver my timbers! You think I'm not strong enough nor smart enough to fight those savages? Who where are those leopard-men?' roared the former pirate in such a reverberating voice the monkeys fled silently to the treetops, and even Roger put his head under his wing. "'Gone! All gone!' explained Nikobo, as she started calmly down toward the river-bank. "'You mean there are no leopard-men on this island now?' Looking with horror and aversion at the crocodile-infested river, Ato began tugging at Nikobo's ear. "'Not so fast, my good creature. Wait a moment, my buxom lass. Perhaps I'll stay with Sammy after all.' "'Well, just as you say.' With scarcely a pause in her stride, the hippopotamus turned round and waddled amiably back to the strip of sand where Samuel Salt stood staring sternly into the jungle beyond. "'This is a great disappointment to me, mates,' sighed the captain of the Crescent Moon, mournfully wringing out the lace ruffles of his cuffs. "'To have taken a leopard-man back to the Court of Oz would have been an achievement worth the whole voyage.' "'Now there's where we're different,' murmured Ato, settling into a more comfortable position on the back of the river-horse. "'I myself would rather be disappointed than speared by a savage, and I don't care how many leopard-men I miss seeing. Rather be spared than speared, ha-ha! <laughs> Tee-hee-hee!' Ato chuckled from sheer relief. "'Shall I fly back to the ship for some more Oz-flags?' Roger flapped his wings inquiringly. If the leopard-men are really gone, then Patrippany Island is ours without a spear-throne." "'That's so,' mused Samuel Salt, thrusting his rapier back into its sheath and beginning to show a little interest in the island itself. "'Fly ahead, my hearty!' "'And bring back some ship's biscuit,' called Ato. "'All this diving and mud-turtling has left me weak as a fish, and while we're waiting for Roger, Perhaps Nikobo will tell us a little about these islanders. Were they little or big, black or brown?" "'Yellow,' 
answered the hippopotamus gravely, big and yellow with brown spots all over their hides. They had brown hair, mane and eyes, and rough, snarling voices. They used neither huts nor shelter, but roamed like animals through the jungle, hunting, fishing, and fighting. They had hollowed-out logs for use in the water, and last twig-day every leopard-man, woman, and child climbed into the longboats and paddled out to sea. Shortly afterward—Dikobo's eyes grew round and shiny at the mere memory—shortly afterward a great hurricane arose, and my family and I, watching from the mouth of the big and little river, saw the boats and men swept under the waves. Some of the logs floated back to the islands but the leopard-men and women we never saw again." "'Not even one?' exclaimed Samuel peevishly. "'Not even one,' Nikobo assured him solemnly. And to tell the truth—the hippopotamus flushed a sudden and expansive sigh—it is much better and safer without them. The one problem is the boy, and I've been feeding him myself." "'Oh, yes! the boy who speaks our language," mused Samuel, still lost in bitter reflections of the leopard-man he should never see face to face. "'What have you been feeding him?' asked Ato suspiciously. "'How would a hippopotamus know what to feed a boy?' "'I do the best I can,' said Nikobo in a hurt voice. "'Every day I collect fresh roots, herbs, and grasses for him.' Roots, herbs, grasses, merciful mustard, a boy's being fed on roots, herbs, and grasses, Sammy. Did you ever hear of anything more ridiculous in your life?" "'No worse than spinach,' mumbled Samuel Salt. "'But, say, look here!' The Royal Explorer of Oz raised his arm imperiously. "'What is a small boy doing on this island? How'd he get here in the first place?' and where is he now?" "'Follow me,' directed Nikobo in a dignified voice. "'Follow me, and you shall know all.'" As Roger appeared at that moment with the Oz flags and biscuits, the little procession immediately got under way, Ato calmly riding behind. On her many visits to the strange boy, Nikobo had worn a path through the tangled growth of vines and bush. Tenuous trees dropped their branches over this path and stretched out their gnarled roots to trip the unwary traveller. Several times Roger let out hoarse squeals as a huge snake coiled along the limb of a tree, thrust out its ugly head. Gaudy flowers from the vines that closely entwined every tree filled the air with a damp, sleepy fragrance, and Samuel Salt, darting his eyes left and right, held his blunderbuss ready for any savage beast that might spring upon them. But the jungle creatures, thinking the leopard-men had returned, slunk further and further into the green shadows, and without any mishaps or encounters, Nikobo brought the explorers to a small clearing in the whispering tangle of green. Here they were suddenly confronted by a stoutly built cage, its bars constructed of saplings set scarcely an inch apart. On a heap of grass in a corner of the cage crouched the lonely figure of a little boy clothed in a single leopard-skin. "'Well, goose-wing my topsails!' panted Samuel Salt, deceived at first by the leopard-skin. "'A little wild man, 
a leopard boy, as I'm a salt-sea sailor." "'It's nothing of the kind,' Nikobo contradicted him sharply. "'Can't you see he is white and his teeth as straight as your own instead of tusks? He's not like the leopard men at all.' "'But who put him in this cage? What's he done, and what's he doing here?' Slipping off Nikobo's back, Ato pressed his face close to the bars of this strange prison. "'I am waiting for my people to come and rescue me,' stated the boy, rising with great dignity from his bed of grass. Folding his arms, he looked haughtily out at the explorers. "'Who are these men, Nikobo? he inquired sternly. "'Why have you brought them here?' "'Because they seem friendly and speak your language,' puffed the hippopotamus, beaming lovingly at her small charge because I thought they might break these bars and set you free. They have a hollow log seventy times as large as the hollowed logs of the leopard-men. In this they could easily carry you over the waters and back to your own people. I've tried to break this miserable hutch dozens of times," explained Nikobo, turning to Samuel Salt. But the saplings are sunk so deep I've been afraid I'd crush Tandy as well as the cage if I pushed too hard. "'Quite likely,' said Samuel Salt, rapping the bars with his knuckles. "'We'll have to fetch an axe from the ship. But who shut you up here, little lubber, and how long have you been prisoner on this island?' Five months and a half,' answered the boy, after consulting one of the bars in the corner of his cage. "'I've made a nick in this bar with my teeth for every day I have been here.' "'Well, that's all over now, you poor child, you.' Ato's voice shook with indignation as he looked in at the little boy, whose every rib showed plainly under the skin. In fact, a heap of grass and dried roots in the cage made the kind-hearted monarch shudder with distaste and sympathy. "'You shall come with us and eat like a king,' he promised, nodding his head cheerfully, "'and learn to be an able-bodied seaman to boot.' Instead of looking gratefully or pleased, the boy, whom the hippopotamus had called Tandy, merely stood looking between the bars of his cage. "'Why should I go with you?' he said finally and wearily. "'You look wild and dangerous to me, and far worse than the leopard-men. Here, at least, I have Kobo to take care of me, and who knows what further perils and hardships I should suffer at sea.' "'Ho, ho! And how do you like that, my lads?' Roger rocked backward and forward on Samuel Salt's shoulder. "'The young one speaks truly. If you could but see yourselves, my hearties!' Now both Ado and Samuel had forgotten their plunge in the river, but with their hair and clothing still covered with mud and slime they looked the veriest rogues and rascals. And while Ado regarded himself with embarrassment and discomfiture, Samuel took a quick step forward. "'So!' roared the great seaman angrily. So you don't trust us, eh? Well, stay here if you wish, and grow up like a monkey. You look like a little wild man already." "'Stop!' Nikobo quivered all over with resentment. "'You must not call Tandy a wild man.' "'Don't mind.' The boy drew the leopard-skin around him with quiet dignity. "'I can bear it. I have borne far worse. I can bear anything.' I am a king, and the son of a king's son. 
Tell them to go away, Kobo. Now, now, now! This is nothing but nonsense!" Ato clapped his hand sharply. However we look, my young squab, you are in good and royal company. My mate here, Captain Salt, is captain of the Crescent Moon, royal explorer of Oz, and a knight besides. I, though at present a ship's cook, am king of the Octagon Island, and Roger here is as royal a reed-bird as ever wagged a bill and wing. If you say you are a king, we will have to believe you, though tis hardly credible." Ato stared with round eyes at the matted hair and dirty body of the little prisoner. "'If you say you are a king, we must believe you. But in return you must believe us, and stop all this hoity-toity talk and clishmaclatter." "'He speaks the plain truth,' Nikobo pressed her huge snout close to the bars. Even I can detect the signs of royalty in this fat and goodly person whom I just this morning helped out of the river. You must go with them, Tandy, and they will carry you back to your own kingdom." "'But I tell you, I'd rather stay here with you!' wailed the little boy, relaxing for a moment from his kingly and overbearing attitude. "'Roger, fetch the axe!' Samuel Salt spoke so loudly and sternly. Nicobo lapsed into a shocked silence, and Tandy hastily drew back into a far corner of his cage. "'Never argue with a sea-going man,' whispered Ato, winking solemnly as Roger flew off to obey Samuel's order. Having settled the matter in his own mind, Samuel turned his back on Tandy and began to examine with deep interest the fungus growth on one of the gnarled old trees. So. You really are a king?" Leaning against the huge body of Nikobo, Ato folded his hands comfortably on his stomach and regarded the boy in the leopard-skin earnestly. Now what country do you hail from, and what do they call you at home? I am Tazander Taza of Ozamaland, announced the boy proudly. The land of the creeping bird and flying reptile. Ozamaland on the long continent of Tarara is my home. Ozamaland! shouted Samuel Salt, swinging round like a teetotum. So there really is such a place. I have always said so, Ato, but no one would believe me. Lies to the east of here, doesn't it, Sonny, and is twice as large as any known land bordering on the Nanestic. Somewhat impressed to find that Samuel Salt knew something of his homeland, the little boy nodded. And do you suppose we could snare one of those creeping birds and flying reptiles if we managed to reach Ozamaland? Grasping the bars of the cage, Samuel peered anxiously into the young king's face. Do you suppose you could ever reach Ozamaland? sighed Tazander, returning Samuel's eager look with gloomy aloofness. Do you know that a ship has never touched our shores? Then the crescent moon shall be the first," cried Samuel Salt, snapping his fingers joyfully. Why, this will be tremendous, and the most momentous discovery in a thousand years! But how do you happen to be so far from Ozamalan yourself?" asked Samuel Salt immediately afterward. Did you come by air or sea? That I cannot tell. Tazander seated himself soberly on a log before he continued. One night, 
I was sleeping soundly in my tower in the White City. Next thing I remember I was here in this jungle. The leopard men, wild and savage as they were, fed me when they remembered on raw fish and chunks of hard bitter bread they made from the roots of the brema tree. But I could not understand their talk, nor they mine, until Kobo found me a month after my imprisonment I had no one to talk to at all. But she has come every day to keep me company and try to set me free, and since the leopard men were drowned she has fed me too. See, through this little door." Tazander opened a small door in the bars and stuck both hands through. "'But how did you learn the language?' asked Ato, turning round to gaze up into Nikobo's huge face. "'I don't know,' said Nikobo, with an excited gulp. I just started to say hello instead of saying it in hippopotamy. There I was talking a strange language which I could understand as well as my own. And in this language Tandy answered me much to my delight and pleasure." "'Strange, very strange,' Ato shook his head in a puzzled manner. "'Well, all I say is, it was lucky for this small fellow that you happened along, and once we have him aboard he'll soon forget all these hardships and unpleasant experiences.' "'I'll never forget Kobo,' said the young king, backing stiffly away from the outstretched arms of Edo. "'And Kobo'll never forget you,' sniffed the hippopotamus. "'The talk of the river people seems dull and stupid since I've talked to Tandy. None of the herd really need me, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Foo! Hoo! 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 Rocking from side to side, Nikobo began to sob as if her heart would break, so violently, in fact, Samuel Salt covered both ears, and Ado, alarmed at the enormous grief of the gigantic beast, tried to put his arms around her. "'Here, here,' begged the ship's cook, thumping her hard upon the back. Opening the bag of biscuits Roger had brought from the ship, Ato handed two to Tandy and began shoving the rest as fast as he could down the vast throat of the grief-stricken hippopotamus. After each biscuit Nikobo choked and sobbed to herself, but on the whole they seemed to comfort her, and when the reed-bird finally returned with the axe she watched almost cheerfully as Samuel Salt, with well-aimed blows, demolished Tandy's jungle-cage. As the last side crashed down and without giving Tandy time to argue any further, Samuel Salt seized the boy firmly in both arms and set him down on the back of the hippopotamus. Then, giving Ado a hand up behind him, the captain of the Crescent Moon sternly led the way to the edge of the island. Roger, waving an Oz flag, flew ahead, screaming defiantly at the monkeys and parrots that infested the island, "'Way! Way! Way for the royal discoverer of Oz! Way for the king of the Octagon Isle!' Way for Nikobo, little daughter of the big and little river people! Way for Tazander Taza, king and son of a king's son! Way, ay, ay! End of chapter six.